Hello everyone. Somehow it's March and this year March means census. Every 10 years the UK government fixes on a date for census and then asks everyone a series of questions as of that date. This year census day is March 21st and in a little bit you will hear a conversation between me and Ross Tackley about the nitty gritty of census 21. Ross is the engagement manager for Census 2021 here in Bucks, so he knows what he's talking about. First, though, I want to talk about Census from an archive's point of view. This is Archive of the Month, a podcast brought to you by Buckinghamshire Archives, and my name is Catherine Gwynn. I've completed two censuses in my life. First off, in 2001, as a teenager, I took charge of the paperwork for my household, having been told all about it in a geography lesson. My teacher explained how the data about each member of a household helped local and national government plan for things like school places, healthcare, infrastructure. I was sold and I filled out the form truthfully and with an enthusiasm that would have been hard to match. 10 years later, I completed the 2011 census. I was a student archivist and the historic importance of what I was doing was in the front of my mind. Forget the civil servants and the statisticians, this was for the future. Future historians and genealogists. And this year? Well, it's all different again. The pandemic throws shade everywhere and 2021 seems like it's come out of nowhere. But I'm glad it's here, it's something different to talk about. If I was an archivist working at the National Archives in Kew, I would tell you about the miles of paperwork we hold on every national census from 1801 to 1911. How each census is closed for 100 years but becomes available when that threshold is passed, these days digitally, for all to access. Tools like Ancestry are powerful and enable name searches and address searches to bring you face to face with scans of original returns, which contain the lifeblood of family, house and local histories. But I don't work at Kew. I work for Buckinghamshire Archives. Our census documents are more tangential and ephemeral and much, much smaller in volume. My favourite is a mention in a letter from Charles Baker to Elizabeth O'Dell in 1871. Charles asks Liz how she is getting on with filing her census paper and hopes that she, she gives a full, true and correct account. A throwaway friendly nudge in a bigger letter, perhaps, but at a time when women couldn't vote and had limited agency, Maybe there is a darker subtext to this comment to Elizabeth, who, although lives independently, is by no way equal to a man. What else do we have? Plenty of notes on statistics in parish council and vestry minute books. Not uniformly, through time or location, but they give an indication of what was important locally and stats summarised are often connected to the provision of monies for the poor. In the show notes, I will list some of the other documents about census that we hold in our collection. Now, as promised, is my conversation with Census 21 Engagement Manager for Bucks, Ross Tackley. Hi, Ross. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. Ross, you're working for the Office of National Statistics and you're working on the census this year. Can you tell us a little bit about what we can expect in March? 
Yes, you can. Um, so this year we are going for a digital first census. So we are encouraging as many people as possible to complete the census online. But we want to stress that it's not a digital only census. So if anybody wants to fill the census in on paper, then they can request a paper copy and they'll be sent one uh, in the post. So what's going to happen is you'll get a letter through your door early March. And in that letter, there will be a code and you punch that code into the website and you'll be able to complete the census online. But also on that letter, it will tell you how to get hold of a paper copy as well, if you prefer. The paper copies will also have an online code on them as well. So if you get a paper copy and decide, you know, you do want to do it online, uh, then you can. And the reason that code is on there is that approximately sort of 10% of the population will be sent a paper copy automatically in the post. The first census in, in England was 1801, and that was carried out at a time when literacy was very, very low. So had literate enumerators going door to door. Just think of how big a change that is in what, 210 years, yeah. 220 years. Yeah, um, it's crazy. It's crazy. In, in the first census, there was approximately about 9 million residents counted uh, in England and Wales. By 1851, that doubled. So in that short space of time, the population doubled to around 18 million. Yeah, it's quite incredible. Just on a, a personal point of view, it must have been census in 2001. I had family members who were employed as enumerators to go door to door to uh, pick up the uh, people who hadn't replied yet. Is that still going to happen this year? It is, yeah. So um, although we're in uh, sort of pandemic and, and lockdown, um, we still have our field team going out there. Um, they will be following all the government guidelines, of course. I've really got to stress that. They'll have full PPE and they'll be regularly tested as well. So, they will be going around, they'll be knocking on doors just to uh, give people a gentle reminder if they haven't completed the census. Um, and they may just find out why a particular household hasn't filled in a census. To avoid any door knocking, then please make sure your census is filled in uh, by March the 21st, because that's our census day, which we're asking people to fill it in on or by. You can fill it in before, as long as you know what you're going to be doing on that, on that 21st of March, which, to be fair, during a lockdown, most people know their situation won't be changing too much. It's going to be such a historic census anyway because of the, the pandemic. It's going to be a really interesting one. You think of generations to come, the pandemic census. Yeah, it will be definitely known as a, a memorable year. And also on that, during the pandemic, so much information and data that's been used to put together, for example, the vaccine rollout uses census information. It's so important that we hold the census now in 2021 because the vaccine rollout uses 2011's census obviously because that's that's the last one so it's so important that we update that information so you know that's why we're still going ahead with it uh, during a pandemic. I know from working in local government that we use census data extensively from 2011. Ten years on the uh, reliability of that data is a bit limited so can't wait for a new data set. I'm thinking about future generations and hundreds of years will think about this census data but thinking more immediately how soon is the data going to be released because that's an awful lot of data that's collected. Census information will be available um, within 12 months. So it takes approximately a year for the outputs to be delivered. But please remember that personal data will be protected. It's written in law that your census information remains anonymous for 100 years. So we, as the ONS, keep it for 100 years secured. And then we release that data to National Archive. And then they're the ones who publish it. So this year, of course, would be 1921's census. Um, and that will be available. It takes the whole year of this year. So it'll be available on, on midnight of, of New Year's Eve. So, you know, the first minute of, of, of 2022.
We can't wait for the 1921 census to be available, especially it's the last census for a while because the 31 and 41 censuses don't exist. Yeah, there's a lot of family historians tentatively uh, waiting for it. Of course, we can offer it free to library users through Ancestry. We're looking forward to that next year. A census is a form with a sequence of questions and over time those questions have changed. Are there going to be any changes with the census this year? There will be indeed, yeah. We're very excited because there are three new questions going into 2021 census. The first question is around armed forces. So we're asking our veterans if they've served in the armed forces. And that keeps that promise that we've made with our ex-servicemen and women um, and the country to make sure that they can continue receiving that support you know, that they deserve. Um, and it'll give us a really good snapshot of where they are as well in the country now. The second new question is voluntary um, and is for those over 16. And that asks um, about your describing your sexual orientation. So that's the first time that we'll have collected that information as a country. And the third and final question is on gender identification. So it's going to be question 27 in the questionnaire. And it asks, is the gender you identify with the same as your sex registered at birth? So that will give you the opportunity, if it's not, to write in your gender identity. So those three new questions you know, have been, have been well received and well welcomed. So we're really excited that they're going in there in, in the 2021 census, particularly as the landscape you know, is always changing. So it's, it's, it's showing the progression of the census. Like anything, the the more questions that census asks, the richer that data is and the more government can use that to help plan services. One of our own local legends, Florence Nightingale, she was primarily known as a nurse, but she was also spent a lot of her career working as a statistician, pulling together data sets. And through her brother-in-law, who was an MP, uh, he was based in Buckinghamshire, she tried to influence the 1861 census by getting some new questions on the form. And she wanted to ask what people's state of health was on census night. And she wanted to ask where they were living because she saw that there was a essential link between your health and your where you live. And she wanted to use that then to create a data set that would drive her sort of healthcare agenda. But unfortunately, it, it never really made it past the bill. Uh, I don't know, is it still the case? But every census needs a census bill in law before it actually happens. We do ask about health. So there is a question there that asks, how is your health in general? That's the question that you, you sort of tick very good, good, fair, bad or very bad. And then the, the the next question after that goes on to say, do you have any physical or mental health conditions or illnesses that have lasted or expect to last 12 or more months? So we're also looking at sort of length of illnesses as well. And then it, do, it goes on to say about uh, the conditions that you may have. Do they reduce your ability to carry out day to day activities, which, again, is really important. And that's, you know, that's mental um, and physical illnesses as well. We also ask about care as well. So if, if you if you offer care to somebody else, we ask that as well. And we ask how many hours approximately per week uh, you also would be giving us care. I remember, for, was it the 2011 census where there was the whole Jedi religion? I knew you would come on to that. <laughs> yeah, I can't avoid it, really. Okay. Uh, I know people who did indeed put that they were Jedi okay. uh, in the religion box. It's kind of a, a, sub, a way of subverting this the census. Do you know if there's anything like that in the air this year? Uh, I've not heard of anything, but that's not to say there isn't. I know that in 2001, so I don't know whether... It was it was your one of your friends, but there were three hundred ninety thousand people that adopted the Star Wars religion of Jediism, and then there was roughly just under two hundred thousand, I think, in in the two thousand eleven census. So perhaps that was one of your someone that you know uh, was there as well. 
so yeah, we do ask about religious belief. It's been in there since 2001. It, it was previously asked in 1851 census, so it was, it was absent for quite a time. And that question on religious belief is also one of our voluntary questions. The three voluntary questions, if you like, are the, the religious one, which has been in there in previous censuses, and then the two new ones on sexual orientation and gender identification. When the first census happened in 1801, there was a big barrier. A lot of people couldn't participate because they weren't literate, but there were enumerators who went around and completed the form for them. Today, society is a lot more complex and there are lots of different access issues. Thankfully, most of us are literate. However, English is not necessarily our first language. Are there any bridges that you're providing to help people engage? Yeah, absolutely. So part of my role as the engagement manager for Bucks is to make sure that any barrier is removed. So we have a contact support centre. The number is on the on the website census.gov.uk. And if English isn't your first language or you're not confident enough in English to complete the form, because the form can only be completed in English or Welsh, then you can ring the contact centre and speak with somebody in your preferred language. And we've got just under 200 languages there available. So it's, you know, it's quite vast. But we're also doing a lot of promotion as well with a lot of the communities in Bucks and a lot of the communities who speak different languages. So we've got lots of material and marketing material um, and help guides in approximately sort of 50 languages. So there is that support there. If people are visually impaired, is there a, a different version that they can access? Yeah, absolutely. We, you can request a large print format of the questionnaire as well. So that will explain that in, in, in the letter. You'll be able to request that as well. But we're also working closely with a lot of the local charities as well to make sure that we've that, that, that the support is there already to make it a little bit easier for everybody. We've used census extensively here and we've seen quirky returns where it's uh, a boarding school is being returned on a census and you see lists of the, the pupils or indeed a military camp where you see long lists of soldiers names just thinking of interesting living situations is what's the situation for care homes and census yeah it's a really good point so we do have we have sort of two teams that are out in the field we've got a household team that are of course counting all of the houses and flats etc and then we have our communal establishments team and they are responsible for counting all of the care homes, the hospitals, the prisons, halls of residence for students, anywhere that's you know in a managed accommodation. So they will be counted as well. So you know nobody nobody can escape the census. Okay, and and can I put my pets on the census? <laughs> Unfortunately, not. But however. Mm. People have put the pets down on, you know, many, many times because we've got 1911 censuses released. There are quite a few examples on there of, of pets having occupations. So I know that there's a family in Dulwich who recorded their dog. I can't remember his name now, but they recorded him as a watchdog. And then there was another family that had a cat called Tom and they put his profession down as professional mouse catcher. <laughs> I imagine that a sense of humour is not necessarily encouraged when uh, filling in <laughs> your census return. No, we'd like, accurate, we'd like the truth, please, the accurate truth data, truthful data, because that's what's going to be most useful for us. All in all, census is such a wonderful way to be part of history. People need to watch out for something coming through their letterbox then in the next few weeks. Yeah, for early March, uh, look out for the letter that will land on your doorstep. That will have a unique access code that you can go online to complete the census. You don't have to do it all in one go because it's online. You can sort of stop and, and come back to it at a later date if you wish. If you don't receive one through your door, then please get in touch with Census Contact Support Centre and you can find out all the information you need from them on the census.gov.uk website. They'll be able to help and make sure that you get your get your letter sent. One other thing that I wanted to mention, actually, with, with that is around the new questions. There's some sensitivity around the, the, the two questions around sexual orientation and gender identification. And if you're in a household where perhaps you know that information 
you may not want to disclose that information, I must stress that you can actually request an individual questionnaire. And nobody in the house has to know about this, which is why I want to you know, make sure that people are aware. You simply go onto the government website or you can call the telephone centre and they will send you either the unique code for an online copy or you can have a paper copy sent in the post and you'll be able to complete an individual questionnaire where you can then put your, your answers down. And what that will do, you'll still be counted on the household questionnaire. But what that will do is some clever system at the end will make sure that your answers from your individual questionnaire will override the answers that are on your household questionnaire. And so that's really, really important to that people realise that. Just keeps that level of confidentiality. Um, yeah, indeed, indeed. And it, yeah, particularly for our sort of younger people as well that perhaps are still living at home with parents. Mm. You know, I, I really want to stress that message out there because it's, it's so important that they, they know that they have that option because there is, you know, it is quite a sensitive topic. It's been great talking to you today. Uh, is there anything else that we need to know about census? No, just please make sure that you complete it on or by the 21st of March. Uh, you know, if not, then you, you'll have sort of remind letters sent and you may get a knock on the door by one of our field team. So, yeah, please be a part of something. You know, it's, the census is about everybody. It affects everybody. The, the, the services that it helps to plan and, and, and improve you know, are crucial to us all. And if anybody needs any information, any more information, then please visit the government website, which is census.gov.uk. We also in Bucks have a Twitter, which is census at census Bucks. So please, you know, if you want to get in touch, you can get in touch that way. And I guess as well, we have four contact centres that are going to be up and running in Buckinghamshire, two in the Aylesbury area, two in High Wycombe. And you can get hold of them by ringing the Buckinghamshire Council's mainline telephone number um, as well. Fantastic. Well, best of luck with it all, Ross. I imagine you're going to be busy over the next few weeks. Thanks for coming and talking to us. Thank you very much. So, the Census 2021. No one can escape. We'll put links to the Census website mentioned by Ross in the show notes. We'll also put a link to the library website page that gives instructions on how to get free access to Ancestry, the online history resource. Once on Ancestry, you can search past censuses up to 1911 and even view the original returns. There is a strange intimacy about seeing a household described on a census return. Even if you only have a passing interest in family history or the history of your house, I would recommend it. Next month, I can promise you something spooky on the podcast. In the meantime, you can keep up with us on social media. We are at Bucks Archives on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I would also like to say thank you once again to Russ Tackley from ONS. My name's Catherine Gwynne. Enjoy censusing and we'll talk again next month. <laughs>